Hello, welcome to the Dark Path podcast. Today I am lucky to be uh, have a guest in to do an interview with me. This is uh, Lucas Gaudet. So hello Lucas, how are you hey. doing? Well, thanks. Yeah. So uh, welcome and thank you for taking some time out to uh, chat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, a little bit about your background and sure. uh, go from there. Cool. Um, my background is kind of varied in the sense that I'm interested in uh, a lot of different things um, in life. I've spent most of my time kind of moving around a little bit and exploring different hobbies, mostly having to do with the arts and technical things. Um, I'm definitely a hands-on kind of person, but also a bit of a brainiac. Um, and uh, yeah, like in terms of my work, my work has followed that as well. Um, just anywhere, mostly design work, but then spent time doing car detailing. But I've also worked with like um, children on the autism spectrum, teenagers. Uh, yeah, a lot of work with youth um, a little bit earlier on, which is really cool. Um, uh, I like doing art. I've done art my whole life. So that is to say mostly drawing, pencil drawings, um, some computer artwork, uh, um, you know, painting and whatnot. I'm a musician. Um, I take a lot of interest in the martial arts. Um, I took uh, interest in kind of experimenting with different ways of doing life. Um, yeah, I, you know, minimalism being one of those experiments. I've moved many times, <laughs> like over 60 times. Yeah. yeah. And some of them, not my own initiative, but mostly of my own volition. Mm. Um, yeah. I like to change the scene a lot because for me, changing the scene means perspective. Um, so, so that's cool. Great. Yeah. Well, I know that we met because you do uh, website design and so you help me uh, with both uh, incarnations of the dojo website, yeah, and um, um, and that's been great. But I also know that you have some interesting sort of uh, art projects that mm-hmm. have been percolating for quite a while in various realms. So I thought maybe you want to talk a bit about that part of your, your sure. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for the longest time, um, I've been into doing sort of cartoon artwork, kind of like Japanese anime kind of style stuff, but. They're my own um, figures, uh, depicting sexy women, but sexy women that are sexy because they are comfortable with themselves. They're self-appreciating figures. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a really fun thing to portray, and it brings up a lot of interesting conversation. It's very triggering for a lot of people, but also really positive Mm -hmm. for people who are receptive one of the projects yeah yeah so I, I, I know you talked about that one uh, a while back there it, was, mm-hmm. you know, it is very interesting um, in that sense um, I was wondering maybe if you wanted to just also just flesh out a little bit like did you did you grow up in BC did you move out to from, from somewhere else uh, mm-hmm. did you come around here mm-hmm. yeah I'm from Ontario Windsor okay so I pretty much came from a factory town and mm-hmm. moved to the opposite of that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. that's a story that we get out here in BC quite right? a bit exactly yeah. Yeah. I'm one of the many yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. well it's hard to blame you yeah? it's Mm-hmm. I understand that mm-hmm. story. Um, yeah, so so what got you interested in, in exploring? Because uh, I hear two things. I hear the artistic interest, but I also hear the technical interest, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I know that you're really good with the website design stuff, the technical end of that, because mm-hmm. who you're who I go to for that, of course. Yeah. So um, you have those things, but you also have these artistic 
expressions that you'd want to do. So how do you see those things kind of co-balancing each other? Do you see them co-balancing each other? I do kind of. I see the computer work that I do. I mean, websites are obviously, you know, to a great degree artistic. Um, but when it comes to the technical end of things, especially when providing technical support and problem solving and stuff like that, I've always kind of attributed that as sort of like satisfying my left brain functions and artistic, my right brain functions. So, so, so you have a sense of the balance of left right brain in that context. Yeah, so for sure. And, and do you feel like you you need to express both of them in order to find a sort of the balance mm-hmm. in your generally? Yeah, yeah, gotta do a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well that that's yeah. good because that then means that there's a you have a perspective in which you're looking at life, trying to figure out how to find not just the things that initially. Um, or self gratification processes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what's the bigger thing going on? Where's the, where's the balance coming from? Because it has to come from a degree of variance in, in some some degree in that yeah. sense. So, um, in terms of your the, te- the technical end of your interests, there it's technologically it's like computers and uh, programs and, and this kind of thing. Is that right? It's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the, the most part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like tinkering and I like building things. Yeah, I like modifying things. It's actually my favorite thing to do. Modifying yeah. a motorcycle, modifying. Right, doing the motorcycles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, like, doing modifications usually to do with small technical changes. Hmm. Lights or, you know, things that optimize what I'm doing, you know, installing tire pressure sensor system, just things <laughs> like that, right? Or, like, yeah, or modifying my seat and carving it out to be uh, comfortable in a certain way that suits the functions of how I use the bike. And this is in the aim of trying to make it more efficiency out of the bike or just more aesthetic beauty well, out of the... Both. Both are equally right. important. Right. For me, if you're going to be good at something, you should know how to do it in a way that looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. You know, if the aliens came to this planet, they probably wouldn't have a junk piece of shit. <laughs> you know, it like, look nice. Yeah, right. yeah, it'd probably look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, at that level of technology, it would have to look good, you'd think, because it would just mm-hmm. be the because the aesthetic would have to merge at some point. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to have that sensibility, the aesthetic has to come into it somewhere. Exactly. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's interesting too, because that's a world where the functionality and the artistic world sort of do meet. Is is in, right. in those types of things. Right. So in the middle. yeah. So in terms of how you've sort of found your balance with that, did did you just did you have an intuition about it initially when you were a teenager? You just knew you were going to go and find these things to, to, to do this? Or is this something you put together over the course of your life? Or how does that... It's, it's just been innate, honestly. Like, my whole life, I've always been, like, building little inventions and putting things together and modifying things and drawing things. And Has there always like been that. a sort of an interest in a bunch of variety of things, too? Yeah, so... Um, where would I start on that? <laughs> Like, I'm just really interested in scientific things, of course, just because the, what's the nature of life, right? Yeah. You know, studying just anything to do with spiritual ideas of whatever it be, you know, exploring meditation and different ways of seeing things um, in terms of, I don't know, it's important for me to find a way to see humanity such that I can coexist with the rest of humanity in a way that's actually wholesome and fulfilling, you know, rather than just tolerating or... Or whatnot. So that's a that's a thing that I'm interested in. Um, what else? Just any random skill that I can pick up. Oftentimes, you know, people mm-hmm. like someone just offering to learn a skill, you know, like shooting guns. Like, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, I took a course on that. You know, oh, yeah. I think yeah. that a lot of what limits me in my learning is just like funds to go off and just on a tangent mm. 
if I could live forever <laughs> or for a really, really long time hmm. and given a, enough funds, like I just spend lifetimes getting good at all kinds of different skills. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, so, so within all of that, um, you mentioned the idea of the desire to pursue how your engagement in the world develops and, and there is an, yeah. there's an inherent um, benefit to people's ability to develop skills. So if you have any skill, that generally will help the world to some degree because they're doing something that has functionality in some yep. way. Sure, yeah. So how do you do you think that there, the drive you have to sort of seek those things, how do you see that connected to the importance of your role in society in that sense? Do you think about that or do you just pursue the thing you're interested in and see where that leads? No, it's always been both. You've been aware of both in that sense. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm aware of the intent to do both. Mm -hmm. So, mostly in terms of following my own thing and doing art, for example, you know, my intent with that is to create, or is to, like, share a sense of well-being or share, um, really to enrich life for... Yeah, and this is what I'm trying to get at a little bit. Yeah. Because as an artistic person... Yeah. Um... There's the benefit to yourself in expressing the art, mm -hmm. but then there's a benefit to the community when the art is well expressed. Yeah. But it has to be somewhat well expressed, right? It, yeah. It's just That's kind of the point. It's like getting good at communicating. Yes. Yes. So this is something that I think is really a big part of this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if, if, if that was the, what, what I'm trying to get, how do I frame this? So if that is the idea of how you sort of manage your path in life is you've mm -hmm. pursued a lot of different interests. They're all connected in some way to one of two main categorical things like artistic expression versus technical know-how but they merge together right mm -hmm. so that you can put a website together say and make it look really nice and function well yeah um, and then that also increases the benefit into the community mm -hmm. the that path and doing that in your life isn't the normal one in, 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 in the context of like you didn't just graduate from high school go to college get a very standardized sort of office job and just stick it out at that there is a desire to walk somewhat on a different path. In that yeah. Sense. So that's a big part of what this podcast is about. Mm -hmm. is, and, and it's called the dark path. But it it's the path is the first part of that to me is this path that a person individually decides to walk. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm going to go and take my life where I want it to go rather than just sort of where the wind blows me that I have no real thought over. Mm -hmm. And so I can get, I, I want to get into a bit of what the dark element of that is. And, yeah. And, but for now though, just... Um, to go back to the idea of that path, what, what have you reflected on that in terms of like other people walking very, you know, pres prescribed paths versus the fact that you've had a very different approach to that? Has that ever been a challenge for you? Do you feel like you're a bit of an outsider sometimes, that kind of thing? Yeah, like 100% of the time. <laughs> Is that okay though? Like, do you, it's fine. Yeah, you're okay it's with fine. it? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I can... I just feel like my perspective is unique and what I can offer is different because what I'm choosing is different. And so I'm able to, yeah, just offer something unique and I think valuable, especially to people who also feel like they need to kind of create their own deal. Uh, and not to say that people that take prescribed paths aren't doing so consciously necessarily. Sure. Some days I wish I could just <laughs> be a fireman and I'm done, I'm happy. Like, yeah. but no. It's never going to happen for me. So, so that's okay. You know, so it's almost like, 
not having the choice to do anything otherwise. Because I've tried that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't go to college to do the same thing at all. But I have had many regular jobs, full time jobs, desk jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the nine to five and whatnot. And I discovered pretty quickly that wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. So. so, but but uh, that's great because I I'm, I'm very similar in my way yeah. in that sense. But. What I, what I want to try to share with people, too, is this idea that um, it takes a certain amount of self-confidence to step out on your own in that way. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and people often hesitate. Yeah. Even if they know what they want to pursue, they have a passion for something, but they just the security of the 9 to 5 holds them into that. So is there anything that you might want to say in that context of like having the confidence to step out and just do what you are drawn to doing? Definitely. Yeah. Um... There's probably a lot I could say about it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> all right, how are you for time? We're, we're okay. We're okay. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll watch it. Okay, cool. Um, okay. In one way, like for me, it wasn't a choice in a way. Like it was a choice, but it wasn't a choice because I realized that I couldn't do the other version. Like I couldn't do the regular version. It was just not doable for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't function within the confines of like regular jobs let's just use jobs as an example you know careers or whatever um i'm definitely not completely neurotypical so the way i function like is like a puzzle to most people so if i have a boss over my shoulder it just like i count job after job after job and like so many different categories it was part of me trying different things too it's just like i discovered there was one thread of truth throughout the whole thing which is like they don't get you and they're gonna like you're gonna annoy them (laughs) so so just yeah so i i think i need to do my own thing that was part of it so in that way i wasn't like i decided to settle bravely i did but it almost reluctantly Mm -hmm. you know in a way but it was just like looking at the truth of what was going on yeah and being like you know this is this is not working yeah what will work yeah. yeah so in that yeah i think came a determination to be like well this is the path i'm going on so so it has to work right so it's almost like i have to choose faith Mm, that's good yeah so at the end of the that was really interesting that you're talking about how you came to walk your path not because you made a not because it was like a, a real fair choice between different routes that were equally valid in a certain sense, but Mm -hmm. because it's just who you are. Yeah. So that innate expression of yourself had to be honored because you knew that not doing that, um, just wouldn't work. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of interesting elements there. Mm -hmm. But at the end you, you meant, you mentioned there has to be a certain amount of faith. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really interesting, uh, really important point because in terms of many things in the world, um, people have, like right now, um, there's this over-reliance on saying, well, just trust science. Now, science is very important, and I don't want to take anything away from that, but yeah. science does not give us morality, and it doesn't give us the proper interactive behavioral modes that we need to get along. Between humans, yeah. 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 So the science gives us information. We need the information, I believe, yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, we need clear information, too, which is another thing, but <laughs> information... But yep. that guidance of what I would call morality um, is related to me to the idea of a person pursuing their own actual path. Mm-hmm. Because 
the mechanism in which you know that this is what you need to do for yourself is not one you can weigh out and judge in an externalized way. It's an internal knowledge. That, yeah. And, and so, um, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on like where, where does that even come from in terms of a person? Good question. Good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like stuff I think about all the time. It's mm. always being revised, you know. But like, yeah, is there an intrinsic self? I mean, that's that's like a big question right there. Mm-hmm. I think there is. Um, definitely, like from my experience, there's an intrinsic, evolving but unchanging self, mm. kind of. Okay. Yeah. Well. I just actually posted a, a, a chat, a talk I wrote out for just myself for the mm-hmm. podcast and it was on co- compassion in many ways and how it relates to many things. Yeah. One of the things I talked about was, I don't know if you've heard of Maslow's uh, pyramid. pyramid of hierarchy of, of needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the highest one is the need, and I, I thought it was interesting that he used the word need mm-hmm. um, for self-actualization. And so... And that couldn't even be something you could dream about if you didn't have a sense of what your path is. That's it's right. You, not not just like, you know, this group of people does this job, this group of people does this job. It's that specific niche that you're going to occupy that no one else possibly can. Yeah. And so my, my intuition tells me that when you pursue the thing that you get drawn into, then that's leading you towards the fulfillment of that niche that you can potentially fulfill. I like that. So... That guidance then, though, is not a conscious guidance, right? It's coming from somewhere else mm-hmm. in that sense. And so do you, do, you, do you frame that towards an actual spirituality or do you just feel like it's just an intuition, I don't question it, and that kind of thing? Jeez. Yeah. I've, I've, okay. Yeah, yeah, go, go. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the... The gas-guzzling air blowers, my favorite invention. <laughs> the thing that actively converts fresh air to carbon monoxide. Yeah, there you go. And makes a bunch of noise all the time yeah. in the city. Yeah. And annoys everyone. It's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there are electric ones now. Some people are using them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, there's like so much I could be said on that. Well, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the tie it back into this podcast theme yeah, of, yeah. okay so you're, you're going to walk a path everybody walks a path mm-hmm. but if you're more mindful of it then it's the path becomes a more deep meaning metaphor in that sense yeah and then uh, coming out of martial arts too we often talk about path up a mountain because it's a challenge to walk that path right but what I'm trying to get at a little bit here is just this discuss because I think a lot of people need to hear this discussion is mm-hmm. the mechanism that guides you on the path isn't it isn't uh, an empirical formulaic thing it, mm-hmm. it's, and it's not externalized and you only get a pull it's, it's it, yeah that's right yeah so if you've been following that in your life naturally that was your you sort of came into that you're right um, maybe just you know how how you've honed in that skill of knowing what really is drawing you and what may, might be just a fancy of the mind in the moment or that kind of thing Okay. Yeah, that's a good direction. Uh, okay. So first of all, it's when I say like faith, it's almost like the belief that first of all, that there is a, a voice to follow in the first place, right? Like I, I wouldn't be able to go in a direction without thinking that there was such a thing. And then my perspective of what that direction is, or, you know, 
that self entails has changed and evolved over time. And I believe that that self changes and evolves over time. <laughs> yeah. Right? But it's also, there's an intrinsic definition to it as well because there's like a tone. It's, it's like a same tone that's been calling my whole life, which is the me that perhaps is the component that is almost like unchanging and constant. It's almost like the who I am, what my base intent is as a being in the universe, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's like you can, and you could take that con, that idea and apply it to a person who doesn't believe that there's like a spirit or anything, right? You could be like, well, this is just, this is my makeup. This is my chemical makeup. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm born with. And this is me for mm-hmm. until I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And it, or you could be like, this is the larger non-physical me who's in the physical right now, but like, I'm like, you know, thousands of years, millions of years old. And like, I'm here just like doing a thing for now, but this probably within the course of this lifetime, lifetime, I won't feel much change in fundamental impulse because the definition of the bigger who I am has been developed over eons. So it's an interesting thing to think about if you have an intrinsic self or not. Oh yeah. Actually. Oh yeah. Right. And, and it's so important in that, if you, if you don't have that concept that you have an intrinsic self, which I think is important to tie into the idea of the concept that you have a, a you have a potential that you can you can strive towards, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I I often say to people that you know the human being's default setting isn't a very good setting, because a person who's not developing themselves they don't behave in ways that are generally very helpful, um, and they definitely right. not terribly healthy over the long run. Right. So a human being has to be developed, I think, in terms of if, if that aspiration of finding that real self-actualization is going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and so if you're, if you're going to do that, if you're going to think about that path in that sense, along the way, you come across what I'm, I often know as like the shadows of the mind, the things that people a person, any person might want not to acknowledge about themselves, mm-hmm. about society in a larger scale. Mm-hmm. But I think the ones about ourselves are the most challenging because then we have to really look at ourselves and take on that. We have these challenges that we may didn't want to admit to. And so um, my question then be along, along your path. Can you want to speak to any of the things that have popped up on that context where you're like, Oh geez, I really, I really need to step back and acknowledge that this part of myself is engaging in a way that isn't really helping me, even though it might feel like I want to keep doing that behavior? Definitely. I think um, I'd probably say, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, I've been seeing someone uh, new, like recently, and it's been years since I have, I kind of like took a hiatus from that. I think we talked about that one night recently there. Um, And... uh, (sighs) Probably the fundamental, like, I tend to want to refer to these things in an overarching sense before I get into particular examples. Um, But basically it would be um, me not accepting some aspect of myself or fully uh, allowing myself to uh, enact how I really feel about things or how I really want to approach things. Self-editing mm. has definitely been like the biggest stifle for me. And that probably really means just justifying to people. It, that's like yeah. kryptonite to me because yeah. of the kind of person that I am. The yeah. Yeah. When I attempt to justify, and this could be an inner dialogue in my head even, justifying to myself why this or that, 
can be like really destructive. Mm. And it's inauthentic because when I'm speaking with other people and that I'm busy justifying this thing, I'm not busy being representing myself. I'm busy representing a self that is judged by a society that is judging with the wrong measuring stick <laughs> of the person that I am. Right. So yeah. some kind of imitation newscast about Lucas, this guy, <laughs> that no one understands. Yeah, yeah. Including myself, apparently. So, yeah. you know, but the thing is I do understand myself, but I have to be all right with when I listen, what I hear. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say like some big ugly truth. It's like often mm-hmm. just what you inevitably find out is like through self-acceptance, you're like, you, you learn to like love all of the things. And then you realize that the thing that you thought was a bad thing about you is actually like a really sweet thing about you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's that's the thing about the, the, the idea of the dark shadows on the path or whatever is mm-hmm. when you put consciousness into them, yeah. they turn into light, right? They turn into a positive general. Yeah, and they're amazing. Yeah. 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 Like gems. Like yeah. You can't see that they're shiny and beautiful in a black cave. Right. They're just jabbing you because you're yeah. stepping on them yeah. and you can't see them. That's right. That's a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah. So... So, so I think that that's such an important thing too, though, is because is, I, I, for myself, I can relate to that in that um, with the different jobs I've done in my life um, and teaching in particular is an interesting list where you do have to edit mm. yourself to some degree anyways. Yeah. And um, like I have a fun with my students, I have fun with people in general, but I have fun yeah. with students and they get training for a while in my Tai Chi class in particular. This is a good example, right? So yeah. Tai Chi, people generally think of as a very fluid and soft and all this. And yeah. that's, that's fine. That's part of it. But they get to know me a little bit, and then I'll say, "Oh, you know, I'm a musician, and I used to play in a band. And um, um, I'm just out of curiosity, what what kind of music do you think I would play, right? Because I want to see what they think by their yeah. perspective, right? Yeah. And it's usually either folk music, right, or new age music, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I get to say, no, it's actually death, death metal. metal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Then like, <laughs> what? Right. Um, but but. You have to you have to own that in yourself, right? Yeah. And, and so if I if I centered myself to the point I never admitted that to people, yeah. Then what I'm actually doing is kind of twisting a poison in my mind about myself, where I I don't want to be who I really am, right? Right. You're yeah. you're like putting a story on top of you that doesn't fit you, so yeah. it doesn't respect you. Yeah. And therefore you're distorting yourself to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Which is like no good. And yeah. and so that framework I've been you what we all wrestle with it. Though, because you know, you don't meet somebody on, in, uh, in a cafe for the first time or something and start talking about your deepest, darkest problems, right? right? Because that's not appropriate. So there is a dynamic there, but I think that the overall, the honesty, really is the key thing. You 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 engage with somebody and you're having a real dialogue. You're going to say what you actually feel is important to say. I think that that's the core of it. And so, um, um, this mm-hmm. podcast for me has been. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is, because I'm still doing it, is a vehicle for me to start to talk more openly in a way that I haven't never publicly had conversations. Right. And I think that, um, and, and engage with people in that way, in, yeah. in that sense. And I, and I, yeah, I think it's hugely valuable. It's it just, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, well, if, in a finished comment, like, actually kind of address your question a little bit, was in the context of um, the dating thing. It's funny, because... So I'm dating this Colombian woman who, like, culturally for her, there's, like, a lot of things that you do together that North Americans don't. Mm. Yeah. So so it's been really funny because, like, we'll go out. I'll, I'll be like, I'm hungry. I'm going to pick up pizza. And she's like, oh, well, you didn't offer any pizza to me. I'm like, if you wanted pizza, you just get it. Mm-hmm. 
right? We're there together. Uh-huh. Like sometimes I'll buy her something or sure. whatever, and that's fine too. But it's that, but that's not a problem. She wasn't expecting me like because I'm a boyfriend, I'm going to buy her pizza out of nowhere for no reason, which sometimes I will. Yeah, of course, of course. It wasn't that that bothered her. She's like, "Well, you're eating, so." I'm like, well, the counter's there. You've got money. <laughs> or if you want me to ask you to buy you, be like, I will. Just ask, right? But it's a really different thing. It's like, for her, that was really annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you do that? Why do you so, why are you so, you know, we went into another store to buy some things. We we're going to buy the same thing. And she's like, oh, well, you know, we could have like did that order together. And I'm like, well, why would we? You're off going to get makeup. And yeah, we're both buying salad, but you're like, going to get your own salad I'm going to buy some salad and then I'll just I'm not going to leave the store without you I will wait at, at the checkout for you once yeah. I'm done yeah. right but this whole thing happened and it was really funny it's like such a subtle nuance it's like so foreign to me mm-hmm. right but anyway so I thought but I had to think to myself like am I just like a selfish prick like I just don't even think about anybody like no but sometimes I am mm-hmm. like sometimes my independence, like I'm so used to walking my own path that like I just mm. like completely not cognizant mm-hmm. of how me just doing my thing may affect somebody else. I just Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, it's not like I wouldn't say there's like a dark side thing, but it is dark in the sense that I'm completely unaware of yes. this behavior as being a behavior at all. Yeah. So it's that unaware thing. And then yeah. coming up against expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So Correct. so that's good. Um so that's that's a that's a really great point, and I think that's something that really a lot of people probably resonate with because while not everybody walks their own path, there is a lot of people that are trying to embrace their own path in some way in the world right now. Yeah, and, know, yeah, yeah, and what you just said is such a, an important balancing thing: is your own behaviors that you've developed because you've been independent for so long, coming up against the expectations of a person from a different culture who expects some things you're not necessarily aware of yeah. and all of this but that's that balance that a compassionate person will seek to work through because yeah. you don't want to be offensive of course you want to you want to have a good relationship mm-hmm. but then there has to be some understanding of negotiations of what the expectations really are yeah and so um, in relationships this is important in terms of like romantic relationships but just in relationships just 100% generally. and so one of the things I want to go from there into the sort of a connector post is social dynamics in general right now mm-hmm. because we're in a really strange time in history as you know of course yeah and the last it's like 18 months now 20 months since the pandemic popped into the world the social dynamics between people have radically changed and more so than i think has ever really happened in any living person's memory in north america at least or, or western countries at least yeah and i'm really concerned about the loss of social connections the importance, I think there's a lot of importance in seeing faces in public. Um, and, and I'm not trying to say there's no risks. I'm not trying to claim that there's there's no problems out there. There are problems. There are risks. Yeah. But, but the, with that. But with that is this this cost-benefit analysis yeah. element. And so um, I'm looking and seeing the overdose crisis going up through the roof. And I'm seeing um, that the youth especially, their, their, their mental health has been depleted. There was a study out of the States that was saying that um, the average kid um, in the last year has put on around 15 pounds extra weight. And that's a lot of weight for a kid. Yeah. And not only that, but that does not come without mental health elements because that weight is an expression of an unhealthy behavioral pattern that is going to ingrain unhealthy socialization. I, I mean, I could go on and I'll finish with this one before I get to my point, but... Um, 
um, was watching a podcast with uh, Megan Kelly, I think her name is, and she was talking about her kid who was an eight-year-old kid, and this is in the United States, mm-hmm. and her kid for one year of school last year was not allowed to talk to other kids at lunch. And that cannot be good for them. I just can't conceive of this being a healthy thing in the end. So anyway, from all of this stuff mm-hmm. comes this point of the balance between interactions amongst people and yeah. where the compassion really lies and where the expectations are fair and where they're not fair. So I was wondering like, if you'd like to speak to that element of things too because it's, it's, it's a time of history. <laughs> it is. Yeah, shit. Wow, where did I begin? <laughs> well, let's, let's just begin with this. This one is, yeah. is I feel right to the core of my bones that one of the most important values we need to hold on to is mm-hmm. the value of recognizing everybody is equally human and has a right to exist. Mm-hmm. And that nobody can take an entire group of... It's not fair to take an entire group of people and say your rights to function just are gone. Right. That, that to me just seems just wrong on its face. Never mind anything. Yeah. On that yeah so oh man uh, okay so yeah so vax pass stuff um it's really interesting because i think that kind of being a person who's kind of like always focused on being in balance so left and right brain i can kind of relate to both like a conservative and a liberal kind of agenda like understand the perspectives i think enough and i can kind of flip between them i would say if anyone asks what's my orientation overall total liberal humanist but you mean traditional liberal i assume yeah 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 yeah. not now (laughs) yeah no no i mean it's like in in like the whatever philosophical model kind of way yeah 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 and like the uh I can't think of his name. That great book. Mm. Um, uh, a liberal. Tra- the next, the second book was Homo Deus, and oh, uh, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the first book. I can't, like I read it not long ago. For some reason, I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh, okay. uh, anyway, I'll come back to it. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that he was telling. Yeah, he was talking about different. Um, base values that people operate by and like what they build a society on mm-hmm. and the book started he's got a series of like three different books and they mm-hmm. st- it starts with like the very beginning of humans all the way into like the development civilization money culture like all these kind of things um harari is his last name uh noel yuval noel harari okay cool. and then, yeah and the book uh is called uh, I still can't think of the book. Anyway, so it's <laughs> Get a, closer. Yeah. yeah, look at his original book. It's amazing. He's a historian. Oh, he's yeah. an Israeli historian. He's oh, an incredible yeah. guy. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, um, so to go on the yeah on the on the preface that that's kind of like my general orientation to things. Okay. Um, I see them, I see, I can imagine different scenarios and motives, which include different situations of like, all the way from like a giant conspiratorial, you know, world domination scheme, all the way to like, everyone's completely innocent trying to do the best thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably a mixture of both, mm-hmm. you know, out there, you know, there's all different motivations out there, for sure, like humans overall, like on this planet, like we seem to have achieved a degree of harmony, because not everyone's in the shit all the time <laughs> in general we're like well m- many if not most parts of the world have like some kind of a decent momentum going mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's a there's a daily functionality that's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people yeah. can live. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. Point. Like overall, and like that's the thing that keeps it together for me is like the idea that there's some things that really suck, but overall, I would say like maybe eighty percent of the world is like operating reasonably well. Okay, which is which is good. That okay. means like overall things things are okay. Things okay. you know, and and they've improved from the feudal ages <laughs> yeah, 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 a lot. So I agree with that, yeah. right? Like you and I, we don't need to worry about. I mean, we don't need to worry about tigers, but we also don't need to worry about like samurai coming to kill us sure. today for no reason. Yeah, yeah, you know, sure, yeah. at least at this point. So we'll see <laughs> what the future brings. Yeah. But right. But anyway, so I like to start there, uh, and then think that well, all right, fundamentally. And this is really, I think the devil's in the details. Hmm. Um, and I think the problem is that, as a, as in the North America, at least, in terms of like the whole pandemic thing, is that we've been kind of left out of a lot of the details. Hmm. Um, for me, in a, in a democratic society where people vote for things, I believe that this health crisis should have been something that involved the vote hmm. of some kind. Sure. Even if everyone said whatever thing that they would agree to that makes it the same as it is now, knowing that I had a say in it mm. would make a difference for how I feel about everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, we did vote for the politicians that blah, 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 but those politicians had no idea what they were getting into when they got voted in. Yeah. They weren't like, there's going to be a pandemic. So these are my views. Like there was none of that. Absolutely. It was a thing that literally didn't exist. Yeah. Well, in the last while anyway, you know, in the last 15 years or whatever. At scale. At, at this scale. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I don't know if maybe people would have made a different choice had they known what people's platforms were about that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice to know that there was a choice involved. Wow, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I can say a lot more, but, like, that's... I'll let you... Oh, okay, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, so that's, that's, that's such an important point, though, because I think choice comes back to this idea that the person has to follow their path. Yeah. Right. So your your path might come to a place where you have to make a choice that is between things that are neither of them are particularly good choices. Right. But you still got to make that choice. But if somebody comes along in that moment and says, "No, you're going to do this," it changes the dynamic of that situation completely because it's not your choice to go down that path. Right. And I think that that strikes at one of the major flaws in the last year and a half two years whatever mm-hmm. and, and I think you're very right just not giving the people enough of a chance to make the choices it's just being told to you this is what we're going to do so so that element is is very much problematic and I think and then you also mentioned the idea that there's it, it's not clear exactly what's happening anyways that a lot of the information is questionable and then some of it has obviously been manipulated through a certain perspective a certain mm-hmm. agenda I always point to the lab leak hypothesis as a, uh, mm-hmm. a prime example of something where there's a lot of evidence indicating this is possible, but you talk to certain people and they just won't even acknowledge it. And then you're not getting to the reality that's there that you're trying to, to find. Yeah. You can't grab onto really anything. Right. Because it's very removed. Right. And so yeah, we, we, we go down this path, path, we go down this route here in this way, where the information is shoddy and the decisions are not being made in a very democratic sense there's not a lot of choice being involved in them in a democratic society in a democratic society like that's that's my that's my issue yeah. right yeah it's like if we were a communist society in our whole way which is there's no right way to live from my perspective if you're a communist society and everyone was on board with like you know what we've decided that whatever the governing body says about my body is okay mm-hmm. then okay but the problem is is that suddenly our political orientation is not 
yeah. I don't feel like it's being acknowledged. Like I was brought up to be a liberal humanist fundamentally. Sure. Like my country shaped me in a capitalist society to be self-determined. Yeah. And now you're telling me to embrace communist values mm-hmm. about my health specifically. <laughs> of all what? Things. Yeah, yeah. Of all things in a society that it, whose advertising, whose media, and everything says you are an individual. The power of the individual decision matters the most. Yeah. The power of the individual, the voter, the you. You're the center of your life and you matter. Your feelings matter. What's all this stuff about bullying and all that stuff for the last while? It's, like, it's all about your individual like right to be the way you want to be. Yes. And now we'll be just restoring that out. Anyway, so I'll give it back to you. But, but, but that's that's it. That's what I was pointing at. Is yeah. this, 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 and, and this is something that is one of these things I see as, for most people, a bit of a shadow in the mind in that yeah. they're not really engaging with the, 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 the ramifications of what that decision really entails. Yes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's coming out of sort of a panicky sort of response, and that's a fear-based thing. And yeah. So the, the, the play out of this is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I know of a, a couple guys who um, whose opinions are just so off kilter right now. And it's because the information being presented is questionable to some degree in certain ways, but they're not good at deciphering what is more valid in terms of what's presented and what is less valid, you know, and and separating away from the chef. So they're going down into the craziest of conspiracy realms, Mm -hmm. and that's not helping them. That's not giving them uh, any better grounding and and ability to function through this problem, right? That's true. And, And I really, and so what I see is I see a lot of people trying to blame the people that are not playing the game, playing along, right? They're anti-vax, which is just that's a stupid term because um, it doesn't yeah. encapsulate what the real resistance is. But they're yeah. trying to blame people for the problems that are con- continuing. Yeah. Instead of looking at the government who made the policies that created this outcome. Yeah. So the analogy that I often use is, or I've been using is, if I went to a bar and started picking fights and then got beat up, it's not really the person who beat me up's fault entirely. It's still partly my fault for going out and causing that problem. Right. And that the government should, in this analogy, the government should have known that, should know that creating these divisive policies and and creating this, this, this segmentation or separation in societal groups is going to lead to more problems. Yeah. And, the, and yet they sort of come across as if they're surprised when people, you know, get frustrated about it. That's oh, yeah. Why are you protesting at yeah. the hospital? We don't understand. It's like, well... Why, what do you expect? Yeah. Like, like you, can, you can't keep pushing people without a response. Yeah, yeah. So Definitely, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that one, it bugs me because I don't want society to get worse. I want society to get better. And I just know that human beings are human beings. And yeah. I, uh, I, I mentioned to people quite a bit too and is this I was here in the Stanley Cup riots that happened you yeah you saw that I ran away just as before it began because <laughs> I felt it in the air yeah, yeah. I ran to Yaletown and watched the smokestack yeah. in the distance and the helicopters flying over and shit yeah. So I was I was jamming with my band at the time and we came outside no for an air break and we said, oh my god with him like, like, <laughs> and you go outside and you're like whoa the world's doing it too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much that's awesome but okay, yeah it was a good memory but uh, yeah it was a good memory but yeah. it was a memory a poignant memory <laughs> yes yes, yeah. yes but but that happened over a hockey game like over nothing over nothing a pretend a, a bunch thing of, a game a game yeah. right yeah. and so the idea that our politicians don't have the reasons to understand that the population, if pushed too hard, could collapse into chaos. 
that's not there's no excuse for them not to know that they need they no and history's full of that yeah there's a lot of evidence there's a lot of reading you can do in google <laughs> to learn oh if it's all over the place yeah yeah so i really find that frustrating in that sense yeah. and and yeah so um so in in, in, in saying all these interesting threads that we've pulled on and gone through, um, I'd like to sort of wrap things up with going in towards the idea of, if not solutions, directions that might be aimed at that could potentially make things better. So for myself, um, one of the first things I think about, in, mm-hmm. and this is in context of COVID, but much more, is just taking responsibility for your own health. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I, I said this on one of my first po- t- talking with somebody was, I find it abhorrent that there's been these uh, get a vaccine and get a free donut offers. It's just it just blows my mind because this is coming from a health official who's supposed to be responsible for health, and the message is the vaccine. And I'm not saying anything negative about the vaccines at all. I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah for I'm, sure. I'm not in that position, but yeah, but your diet will make it have an effect. Yeah. on your health. And if you eat a bunch of crappy food it's, and then get a vaccine, it's not an excuse to keep eating crappy food, right? There's, you, you've got to take that responsibility. So, yeah. so eating healthy, getting regular exercise, get, which includes, you know, stretching and some muscle resistance, you know, a variety of different things. Yeah. Getting somewhat regular sleep. Um, and one of the big things that I always tell people on top of those is having good relationships with other people. Because that's where the value of your life is really mm-hmm. going to be experienced. So um, that's where I start with in terms of practical directions to aim at that will help. Mm. They may not be perfect solutions because nothing is, but they're in that direction. So if you have anything you want to throw in on that. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I don't know. Like I have my own routine, which I kind of share with people often enough, like in terms of I got friends that ask me. A lot of people say I look young for my age, which is cool. (laughs) I'm working on improving that further. But it really became a kick that started actually just before COVID. Mm. Um, Yeah, I have like a, well, right now it's a, I've been experimenting and changing it. It's been a daily exercise routine for the last like year and a half. Now it's a bi-daily, like, Mm. or like every other day. Okay. Um, Thing, recover. Workout, recover, workout, recover. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, the workout routine is like a half hour thing and then plus a run okay. of like 20 minutes. Yeah. Not a big deal. It's like a series of stretches, push ups, sit ups, things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, stretches. So, uh, you know, I have to say that I wouldn't be able to cope well emotionally with things if I didn't do that. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've experimented with taking, like, okay, let's just stop for a week, see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like capability, like ease of processing emotional data even is just like no good. So, um, hmm? yeah, so so that's exercise. Exercise. Um, and then I'm, I know you are you care about your food. You're, you're yeah, that. I made some pretty crazy diet changes too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I eat like a lot less. Yeah. And uh, for me, you know, there's different bodies and different blood types and all that. But for me, it's like going towards fresh vegetables. Yeah. Um, I cut out grain almost entirely from my yeah. diet. Like I don't consider it a food. Like I consider like wheat, like cake. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter what form it's in, it turns into sugar. Yeah, right. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So I went down like four pant sizes in a year. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, just yeah. from like that change and reducing yeah. my sugar consumption, mm-hmm. which again, it, wheat is part of that. Um, so that's nice. Uh, 
did that. Um, yeah, the exercise thing. Uh, the last little while is like meditation. Mm-hmm. Five minutes a day. I can do more. Mm-hmm. Five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I do my routine, take my shower. Meditating, clear the mind, at least five minutes. I have a little egg timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what That's you it. So, so that, you, to me, that would sound like a good base basis to go forward from in your day, into your life. Yeah. And your, you know, it keeps you going in that sense. So that's the value of the simple dietary exercise-based. And then I'm sure you're, you're aware that yeah, sleeping patterns matter too. And that All kind that, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then I think that one of the big keys to that too is 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 really placing value on the relationships with other people that you have. Yeah. And being having that honesty about that, you know, the expectations and working through those challenges where you might not see eye to eye with someone, but you're mm-hmm. humble enough to, to say, okay, I'm going to go back and adjust to make this work because the relationship overall, and it's not just romantic relationships, but a, whatever relationship you have is more important than, you know, a particular moment where I have to be right right like my, my mom my mom always said that you can be right or you can be happy <laughs> I love that yeah totally and and so um those are and that's another aim yeah. that I think we can look at because there's I people tell me sometimes that they think that uh, like the zoom zoom meetings are about as good as meeting in person and I just no they're just not there's you not need, for me. Yeah, not, yeah. I don't think they are for anyone who's really honest about it mm-hmm. or, or at least conscious enough to really evaluate that. Mm-hmm. But that dynamic of interaction in person mm-hmm. is wired into your, your nervous system, into your yep. fundamental thing. Oh, we're transferring chemicals all the time, you know, and, and for sure. There's, like, there's a literal difference between physical and not physical. I mean, yeah. we know that we talk about like lovers, but like even proximity to a person is... But it matters. Thing. It matters. And there's value in it that yeah. that isn't being sort of acknowledged very well right now. Yeah. And and so that's another element of the aims that could go towards a better world, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the real the caveat to me that's so important is if a person or a people group of people don't aim in those directions. Cause and I and I say aim because I don't want to say that you know you're gonna achieve a perfection, you know, because that's not really the real reality. But the aim to those directions that society that they function in can't function itself very well for long term. It's going to have serious issues mm-hmm. pop up. And so it's not just the COVID issues. This is the totality of how we're going to move forward in general, I think, mm-hmm. in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, we have our basics. We have food, water, shelter, relationships with other people and going forward from there. Now, to me, a more subtle layer of potential solution thinking is in the development of a more whole brain perspective. So if a person is naturally really drawn to mathematics and left brain formulaic thinking, having them also develop some artistic understanding as well. Because I find that, and I've met a lot of artists and I know a lot of people that are very left brain, right? I've I've seen, I've known a lot of people. Right, yeah, yeah. But but encouraging that cross-contamination, or cross-pollination is probably a better word for it. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, so for instance, people that work, um, uh, say, in in industry, that uh, like construction or something, and their whole life is built around building things and they have to be functionally viable to build. So that's where their main focus goes. Mm -hmm. It's got to be right. They don't, understand and appreciate the uh, the nature of the artist does need to to create um with, in a way that isn't just like on the clock like yeah so so that because that, that's a different part function of the brain and a different yeah. expression of the person so i think that those that's a good aim to yeah for sure 
Yeah, and maybe, yeah, part of that could be like fostering, you know, I read this book called The Molecule of More. Don't ask me the author's name now, but I remember the title of that one. It's a good Nika title. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about it's about dopamine. Oh, yeah. And, and it talks about dopaminic personalities mm. uh, versus uh, what they called H&N, here and now chem- mm. chemicals, which is like a whole other list of chemicals. But they're like basically dopamine is really high in, like, it was really interesting. It talked about political differences as being associated with those chemical dominances in sure. different people's brains right. and how through experimentation they're actually able to like introduce more dopamine and the person became like more liberal <laughs> versus the, the opposite and like really interesting stuff that's very interesting it is yeah and it's just to realize that like certain people can't literally can't access what you're saying because they're like literally in a chemically different place and uh, that might be able to be introduced. Like I think that all of us have experienced at some point, more or less, of given different chemicals, you know, and different perspectives depending on our age and all that kind of stuff, right? Yep. So it's like trying to bridge that, yeah, to some degree, yeah. or like giving giving society a model. Like these would be great things in school. It's like imagine you're the type of person whose priority is to conserve. Imagine you're a person whose priority is to change things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this is the difference between your two major political parties. Yeah. So, so like, oh, like, so what would I do if I was like this? What would I do if I was like this? That's right. Yeah, because you, yeah. you, you will have a natural sort of inclination for your own self. Yeah. But the appreciation of the different perspectives gives you a far more sort of a, of a flexible position in society. You can relate to others better. And if you can relate to others better, it's less likely you're going to want to tell them what to do. You're going to have to tell them well, instincts. That's, that's, that's the bit. Yeah. yeah. Like that's when people say like, well, what's your perspective on? It's like, well, I don't have a perspective. Like I do cause I'm a person. <laughs> so obviously I have a perspective, but like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a scientist, like in the really simple sense of like, I believe in the scientific idea of how to approach problems, which is starts at, I don't know and continues with, I don't know. <laughs> and maybe I can be less wrong. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's see if I can be less wrong. Yeah, yeah. Let's try things out. Yeah. So for me, like I love that the ideal there, mm-hmm. like of of science and the way that like, and that's what I think we felt like a lot. Society's gone off track a little bit here because science turned into politics, turned mm. into media, turned into, and it's not science anymore. So people trust the science. It's like, well, you can't trust science because that's to imply that it's like a particular kind of religion. Like there's a thought frame. When people say trust the science, I just hear them saying trust the results. But science itself is not about the results. It's about hypotheses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so anyway, so understanding so, other people and then humoring yeah. all possibilities. But, yeah, well, that's a whole thread. But I think the yeah. thing that you hit on there that I think is so important for this idea of coming to, to some kind of idea of solutional thinking, solutional yeah. ends, is how uh, people can not understand other other perspectives because those perspectives require literal biochemical states that that person isn't able to access. And so mm-hmm. there's two things there mm-hmm. that I think are very important. One of them is early childhood education that actually gets kids to become that are gives gives um, op- an opening to explore both sides of that equation. Yeah, right? yeah. In a really in, in an intentional way. Mm, okay. um, and, and I know that um, some of the alternative schools like Montessori and such have some interesting programming around that where they mm-hmm. try to develop that but I think it could be done a lot better definitely um, and, and especially on a larger scale yeah more widespread yeah. yeah so there's that but then I also think that as um, 
let's say uh, uh, going down to young adults is I'm really interested in the work of what's called psychedelic drugs then. Yeah. Um, so the use of psilocybin for mushrooms mm-hmm. and uh, MDMA. What do you say? MDMA? Yeah, MDMA. MDMA. Yeah, I, I always, my tongue always goes, <laughs> do that when I do that. But, but, yeah. but the genuine research into it is fascinating. Yeah. And the reason I think it's fascinating, the framework I'm, I'm building in my own understanding is that if you look at the herbal taxonomy of, say, Chinese medicine, um, there is some herbs that are for Shen disorders. And the Shen is the way of describing the mind. So mental disorders really mm-hmm. is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, these natural occurring plants like mushrooms and such, um, they have an incredible effect on the mind. That's a power. And like a sword has power mm-hmm. that could be used for good or ill, right? Mm-hmm. In that sense. But the potential for getting people's minds to perceive the world through lenses they would normally have not been able to access yeah. seems so profoundly useful at a time when we're literally almost killing ourselves as a species for not developing that more open understanding. Definitely. Yeah. So do you, do you, um, do you have thoughts on that, that subject at all in that sense? I think it's great. Like personally, um, I've had, I have limited experience, um, with like, yeah, psychedelics and neurotropics and things like that. I do have enough (laughs) to go off of. Um, yeah, like I'm really sensitive. So I just have to be really careful about, pretty much anything to put in my body which sure. is yeah which has been an interesting subject you know with the vaccine a lot uh, too sure. right yeah so um i mean i don't know like to me any type of medicine you know whether it's therapy or or you know a mushroom or whatever that puts you in the space where you can be more i mean we'll just bring it back to the beginning subject we can be like more self-accepting mm-hmm. uh i think when you accept yourself you can accept other people yeah Right, so then you become a lot more you know, benevolent and yeah. and like you know yeah. balanced. Yeah, and then you might be able to suppose that even if you can't conceptualize what the other person's thinking, that you could can, you could humor them. Yeah, that's something. Right. Yeah, to start. Yeah. yeah, and that would be great. You yeah. know, like that's that's the issue that I've had. Like when people have said, "Oh, well." Um, do you think this or that, you know, why do you choose this or that to see it this way about uh, like the vaccine thing? Great example is like, well, no, actually like my, my problem is that people who see it one way have a problem with other people seeing it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like that's the problem. It's, yeah. it's not this or that. It's like, well, hold on. Are you considering all perspectives and then honoring your own mm-hmm. point in it? I don't care what you think. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Just don't get on my case about what I think mm-hmm. yeah. because, because honestly, like, what's your goal? You know, is it like truth mm-hmm. or is it justification? Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, my, my, my understanding of especially the idea of having an ex- consciousness expanding experience is that you do develop not only a, an appreciation for other perspectives, but you understand that you have no right to interfere with that person's belief systems of themselves in their own lives mm-hmm. like and that's different than a person who commits an outright crime so my experience um of having m- m- consciousness expansion sort of come upon you during an experience yeah um 
gave me this perspective where helped me refine it. I wouldn't say it gave me that because it helped me refine it and understand it is a better way to put it. Where the other person, the other, and it could be the other person or the other being, whatever it is, this other that exists impartial to you, um, you have no ability, never mind right, to force their thinking to be in a certain way. You can't actually do it anyways. So if you think of even torturing somebody or something, you can get them to kind of snap and do what you need them to do, but that's out of desperation. They're not genuinely mm -hmm. wanting to take up things. So there, the idea then is, if you want to progress forward to me, and we want to use these ingredients like a healthy lifestyle, good relationships, and willingness to expand consciousness to envelop things that aren't normally natural to the individual, but more expensive, um, that has to be done through this compassionate lens in which every individual and their path is given the right to exist without interference. Yeah. Um, and of course, I always put the caveat and say that that does not give people an excuse to commit crimes. Crimes are a different thing. It's, uh, you know, I don't care what kind of music you listen to. Ultimately, it's really up to you. It's your life, your, your desire. Self-determination. Self-determination. Yeah. But if you do interfere with other people's lives, you steal from them, you hurt yeah, them. Yeah, you're in a different game. They're totally. Yeah. And that's not yeah. okay. So, so, yeah, that balance, though. But to me, that's kind of a, that's the aim that I think is the most productive and most practical and useful is to go towards is, is kind of putting all those things in, in a stew and getting them to kind of work with the, the healthy lifestyle, the healthy relationships, the willingness to take on self-reflection and pushing yourself to expand your conscious perspective so mm -hmm. that you can not just understand people that are, say, on the other political side to you, but try understanding what it might be like to be a, uh, an indigenous person in Papua New Guinea. Right. Right. To really expand. Where, where do you really see the world from? Like, and how would that change your perspective now? And all those things. I think those are yeah. workable solutions, if not, they're, you know, they're not perfected ends but there's something to, to, to chew on in that sense yeah so well yeah it becomes an open dialogue rather than yeah a closed one yeah basically and that of yeah. course is kind of what this whole conversation was about was mm -hmm. trying to do that and it was a great conversation so yeah. uh, i want to thank you for your time yeah and Absolutely. say that you know i wish you the best if people want to check out your um, art and your web design such i'm going to have some links at the bottom of the thanks page, so sure. you can check that yeah. out and uh, anything else you want to finish up with paul just no, it's good. No, I like it. It was great. Yeah, it was like a nice encapsulation of of a, of a conversation. Yeah. yeah so well, yeah. I appreciate it too, man. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Likewise. Okay.